Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I think it was learning experience yesterday. It was something that we were very aware of. Kind of similar situation being up. I think it was maybe six, six minutes left to go. So close game, but we knew that we needed to lock down, buckle down, get some stops, try to execute on the offensive end and close it out. We did so tonight. Now we just got to build off of it. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. Hour number two, John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, 888-957-9570. Talking some Warriors. We'll, we'll get into the trade deadline, which is coming up. Uh, we'll continue our conversation about load management, though, Whitey. You've got a lot of people that want to talk on the phone line, so more phone calls coming up here momentarily. Warriors going load management in Cleveland. And, and getting the win. And they get the win, which is obviously the best of all worlds, unless... You were a Cavaliers fan wanting to see Steph Curry or a Warriors fan in the Midwest making the trip to see the Warriors against the Cavaliers. I know you you had some information you dug up about the uh, NBA league in- mandates. Yes. Mm-hmm. The NBA instituted some load management rules for the 2020-21 season. Uh, so teams coming out of the pandemic, teams not permitted to rest healthy players during games broadcast on national TV. God. Or during road games when there are not, quote, unusual circumstances, end quote. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Uh, teams will be fined at least $100,000 for breaking national TV protocol, according to an NBA memo. This was 2020. Um, penalties for misconduct in games outside of national TV windows, like, for example, hey, the Warriors rested all these guys last night. Those penalties are less clear and, <laughs> and might not be assessed. So, and then you've also got, well, what constitutes unusual circumstances? So, yeah, the NBA tried to crack down on that, but obviously there's a lot of wiggle room. Yeah, they only care about the nationally televised games. <laughs> they only care about the ones that TNT and and ESPN have paid big-time money for. Definitely care about that. Yeah, uh, And, you know, it had become a problem because and now I do think they, they try to, again, they try to trick the schedule around that. They try to create off days leading up to those games that create inequities in the schedule in other areas, which is part of the, the that's part of why you end up with games like last night happening so much is because, you know, why, why couldn't, and look, I know there's a million different things that go into building a schedule and arena availabilities and all that other junk, but why why couldn't it have been as simple as the Warriors play last Friday in San Antonio, Sunday in Chicago, Tuesday in Washington, D.C., not Monday, Thursday holiday, Thursday in Boston. Got to have that holiday game. Thursday in Boston, tonight in Cleveland, and then you kick the Brooklyn game to Monday, which gives you another a, a, another a day coming back because the Warriors then don't play till Wednesday. Because mm-hmm. that's the other part of this. Yeah, load managed last night into the trip. Nobody play. Oh, got to worry about that is Sunday it, game. Well, then you don't have another game till Wednesday. Is it, uh, that's not right either. Uh, arena availability maybe is that come but, into play. But, but a you bit? can fix. Like you can figure that out. You can figure that out. I I did a little bit of math during the break. Uh, and, and by the way, as far as you know, load management and resting, this should also be pointed out. The injury report for for yesterday was not Steph Curry rest, Clay Thompson rest, Draymond Green rest, Andrew Wiggins rest out. The injury report was Steph Curry left hip tightness. Clay Thompson Clay Thompson was injury rehab management. That's obviously its own situation. Draymond Green right big toe soreness. 
uh, Andrew Wiggins left foot soreness. So it, 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 there also becomes this issue James of... James Wiseman, he, even. Injury, illness, left ankle sprain. Yeah, yeah. Per, but it, but there's also this... Well, he's been out with an ankle. Like, right. that wasn't... He wasn't part You're of the right. load management. You're Iguodala right. was right. not part of the load management You're last right. night. Uh, but what I'm getting at is, if you can designate any kind of an injury, then it's technically not load management. So Steph's thing wasn't even the shoulder? They didn't even list the shoulder? It was the hip, you said? Yeah, left okay. hip tightness. All right. So if you can come up with something, again, that to the point on what you read there from the league, are they really gonna like? Can they really quibble? That's where that's where teams have this thing covered, and players have this thing covered because you can't make an argument against load management that is anything other than sounding barbaric. Like go out there and play, even though you're hurt, risk your career. Mm-hmm. Like who's gonna support that? Nobody's. That, that sounds awful. Correct. Even saying it, and that's the only thing you can say to try and fix it. And so I don't think it's going away. I know the league thinks that playing ter- or the, the mid-season tournament's going to help, but I think the mid-season tournament's going to make it worse because there's going to be some teams that are like, you know what, This is the these are the games because the travel can get a little wonky. Like these are the games that we're not going to – we're yeah. not going to care about. We have Mark actually. Cuban has already said we are not going to participate in that. So that again, that and someone mentioned, hey, uh, get rid of the play-in. The, the play-in and the eventual midseason tournament, those are things designed to try to make the regular season games more meaningful. Yeah, and yeah, good, good luck with idea. that. The other part, uh, the thing that's been brought up a lot on the text line, we had a caller that brought it up who was tremendous – you know, make the rule you can only rest players at home. Well, again, you can always designate some kind of an injury, but I, I think if, if you start doing it at home, then your home fans and sponsors are, are upset, and then you got a little bit of a different issue, which is you know, maybe the argument toward doing it, but I just don't think there would ever be enough pressure put on a, on a yeah. league. You're to, supposed, to technically, by NBA rule, assuming those rules are still in place, that's how you're supposed to do it. It's just those rules are almost unenforceable, and I'm not sure how much the NBA wants to enforce them anyway. All right, Fred and Pleasant Hill next here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Fred. Hey, what's up, guys? What's going on, man? Thanks for giving me an opportunity to talk about this. I appreciate it. And I kind of go back to the finals game and blame Adam Silver for the 74-game win season. I'd be interested to know if load management drastically increased after that because I know it's not a direct connection, but to hold Draymond out of that game, um, game six or whatever it was, you could argue in my mind that that ended up losing the the championship. And then you fast forward a few months and there's an owner's meeting and Michael Jordan says to Joe Lakeup, well, that didn't mean anything because you guys didn't win the, you didn't win. So it doesn't matter that you won all those games. And that probably shifted the mind of a lot of coaches, general managers. Why would we continue to really push forward in, uh, you know, like a regular season that it ends up not meaning that much? And that was a really exciting season. So I think the league and Adam Silver shot themselves in the foot. And I'd like to give a shout-out to my two boys, Declan and Theo, who don't believe in in load management at all. They're all go all the time. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Hat tip to them. Two things there. It's an interesting point, and I, I thought of that. I thought of what you said, Fred, last when, when we heard Steve Kerr last night. And Steve Kerr said, you know, if you play all your guys and then you come up short, people are going to point to that uh, and say that as a reason why you didn't win everything. And I was wondering if he was talking about that season. But there's, all, you know, there's two different aspects of this. There's one, resting players when you're going to rest them. And then there's just that extreme example of it last night was four guys Four starters. I think people would be more tolerant and have been more tolerant of this guy's resting here because he's got this or that. But when it's four starters in one game, that's that's obviously a red flag. Yeah, and, and the other thing is, but Greg Popovich is as at the head of this too because Greg Popovich, who is you know, widely considered to be the greatest coach in the history of the NBA, he made it acceptable. Like, the Spurs were really the first ones to do it. And they first and I, did it on a nationally televised in a, in a, in a grand In a grand scale. And the league, I think at one point, I want to say the league fined him $250,000 or something. Stern, Commissioner Stern was not a big fan. But, yeah, Commissioner Stern was not a big fan. And it was and, and essentially Popovich gave him the bird and said, we're going to do this. And that was, if you recall, that was in the era of 
Duncan and Tony Parker and Ginobili as the they end, were getting older, the end, yeah. as they were getting older toward the end, and the Spurs would have you know some nationally televised games wedged in, and you see these all the time. Now, again, the league more now doesn't have the nationally televised games wedged in, but if you look, there's often another game wedged in that doesn't totally fit next to or around the nationally televised game. And just look at this week with the Warriors. Like, the, the, that game in Cleveland just tucked away at the end there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, after the Boston game, I mean, that that that's how they, they do it from time to time. But Popovich is the one, and I think that's part of it. Like, if Popovich can cite the doctors and the science and be unafraid to do it as, you know, the dean of NBA coaches – then I think that makes it acceptable for other organizations to do it as well. If the if the model franchise in the league, which the Spurs were for a decade and a half, if they are cool doing it and think it's the right thing to do, then other organizations are are going to follow. It was uh, twenty twelve, and he was fine. November twenty twelve. It was the Spurs and the Heat. And the Heat. Yep. It was a Thursday nationally televised game, and he was fined two hundred fifty thousand dollars. And the Heat ended up winning that game by only five. So that was kind of the beginning of this, yeah. Yeah. November and, of I think it was 2012. So, yeah, it goes back uh, about a decade. And, and then since then, there's been this back and forth every year about the schedule and how do you make it right. And the nationally televised games and the networks kind of won out. But it creates, like I said, an inequity in other areas uh, as far as the schedule where, yeah, all right, you're going to get your precious nationally televised games as close to full strength as possible but there's going to be games around those that are going to be, you know, ones where a, a lot of players are out. It was Tim Duncan, Manu, Tony Parker, and Danny Green, and Pop actually sent them. Yeah, sent they didn't them, even go. They right, sent them back to San Antonio. So it was an fu. Yeah, it was a big yeah. fu. Yeah, from, they didn't tell anybody that they were doing it either. And you know, I mean, David Stern didn't. David Stern didn't like it. He didn't. Uh, and and so he hit him with that uh, big time fine, but. Load management, and again, anytime you can cite player health and and safety, you just there's there's yeah, almost no like, okay. There's yeah. no argument. We give. You're right. You're right. There's just no argument mm-hmm. against it. And, and the only thing you could try to do to mitigate it is shorten the season, which I don't think would work because I think it would. Oh, 72 out of 82. Now, now it'll be 60 out of 72. You're right. I agree with like, that I think, completely. I think so, it, and I'm also with you. There's 82. We've had and 82 there, you a know long what? Here's time, the other thing. There's and enough. There's a, a special number. There's enough injuries as is to where there are enough there are too many games as is even before the load management where star players are out and it it just affects the competitiveness of the league it just it, it to me it is the biggest problem in really professional sports right now if in any of the four major leagues it's the fact that you know it's it's the injuries and or load management with the top players in the league to where the regular season on most nights just absolutely seems completely meaningless. Well, if the games don't matter, then what's the point? Yeah, exactly. And, and the expanded exactly. playoffs now, it's like there's more to I mean, half the teams in the West are, are saying, I mean, think about it. The Warriors are not the only team that's saying we can make a run and we don't care about the it, The Warriors, the Clippers, the Suns are doing it. I think Dallas a little bit is even doing it with, with Luka right now. I mean, there, there are... Eight teams, maybe ten that that actually play like they care on a night in night out basis about the regular season. I honestly feel if I want to see the Clippers at their best, the Los Angeles Clippers. Not that I'm a fan, but if I wanted to, ooh, I feel like well, I have to wait till the playoffs. I'm probably not going to maybe a glimpse here or there, but otherwise, I'm not going to see them giving their very best effort and having their. And I think they did play together uh, last night. They beat the Spurs, but you're not going to see much of that, if any of that, until the playoffs are here. No, and it, it to me it creates continuity issues where yeah, with the rest of the roster, I think some of that has been the Warriors' problem. I mean, we bookmarked this to talk about, and we ended up getting on the load management, but you know, there's something to the disconnect I think between the core champion players and the rest of the Warriors roster to where, you know, these guys feel like they, they, and again, I get it. There's no expectation. The expectation last night for the guys that were out there was, Hey, go out there and compete and don't lose by 30. And they got off to a hot start and the Cavs didn't take the game seriously. And they played an exceptional game and they ended up earning a win hat tip to them. But you know, there's something to That's bench really players getting those point. opportunities with yeah. no expectation of success. It's I, a it's a zero downside game in a way for the Warrior players. It's a zero upside game in a way for the Cavs because the only thing you can do is lose 
or or win close and then it looks like you didn't even really win and so i do think that affects some of the competitiveness in in games like that now the point you just raised as i said i think it's really interesting about a disconnect i noticed that earlier in the year and i really haven't been thinking about it much of late but what what do you see as examples why last night did that come to mind for you uh what what are you seeing in terms of that disconnect which again i think is a really interesting issue it, with this roster I, I just think it's the you look at the guy you look at the guys that are able to play and it's and i think this is normal for most role players play but differently they just can't they just can't fit their game into like you know when you're going to get 35 30 35 minutes you can just go play freely and make mistakes but but you're going to make some good plays in addition to your mistakes and it's just kind of a it's kind of a normal game to whereas you know if you're Jamichael Green for example like I, I think it's it's harder to go out there and and you know when you're on the floor with better players know when to take a shot well when to move you know keep moving the ball you know that that kind of thing just I, I don't know it's just a it, it just it's hard for players to to fit their game in a 15 to 20 minute box and I think we've seen. When the Warriors have had everybody, the pieces have not fit. I guess, I guess that's kind of what I'm getting. When the Warriors have had everybody, it feels like the pieces have not fit together as far as the rotation and you know the motivation of the starters versus the bench players. But when they've taken a couple away, the lesser players have played hmm. better. And and so like even the like on the homestand where it's no Curry, no Wiggins, and DiVincenzo's playing thirty five minutes. All of a sudden, DiVincenzo's making more Jerome of an impact. Had some big games. Jerome yeah. had some big game, but then you you start to lessen their roles. You bring the other players back into the fold, and it just I don't know. It doesn't feel like the the roster is totally connected when they when they have everybody. Yeah, that's and and the expectations are when you have everybody championship. Like nobody's thinking about a freaking championship last night. I think Kuminga has made great strides in that regard. Now, last night he didn't have to fit into the the veterans and the, the core players. But I think you, you go back earlier in the year, we had a lot of conversations about how Kuminga, maybe he's game, maybe it just doesn't fit. I think he's found ways. And last night he did have a chance to, to stretch his wings a little bit more. But I think he's learned how to fit into that. DiVincenzo, to me, is, has looked pretty fearless. Early, early in the year, he didn't play very well, and I think he pulled a – a quad or something, but I think he's a guy who's been going out and just sometimes I feel like, hey, stop shooting, but he's been pretty fearless. So I, I think there's been less of that, but there's you can't help but notice that last night some of the guys like, I mean, Anthony Lamb, where did this guy come from? Lamb and Jerome last night, as I said, and Green, they were almost like all-stars, and you don't always see that when you have your full group. Austin and San Jose next here on, on Warriors This Week. What's going on, Austin? Hey, fellas, good morning. Uh, Whitey, thanks for taking us down that rabbit hole of uh, load management, man. You know, that's, that's crazy. But uh, listen, uh, and J.D., by the way, was the only one that, did, that, that didn't think Kaminga fit. I mean, nobody else was that crazy. Everybody else knew that Kaminga was the real deal except J.D. I'll just leave it at that. The, hey, wait, guys, whoa, 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 Austin. I'm not, what, what are you talking about? Like, seriously, I, I'll give you an opportunity to explain that, but what are you talking about? No, what we, I, I kind of joke with you back and forth. I think you know that, but you were, you were kind of hard on uh, Kaminga, man, as I recall months ago, and saying that uh, I, I think you even said at one time that you thought that that Weissman was ahead of Kaminga. I mean, no, I don't think I've said that. I don't think I've said that. Well, you, you said something early in the year. Well, about you thought that early in the year that he was ahead of him in terms of where he would maybe fit in the roster or where he would put in terms of playing time. And I thought, well, no, I don't think, I don't, I don't think I said, and Austin, I'll let you, I'll let you continue on, on with your call here. I don't, the one thing I did say about Kaminga at the beginning of the year was that I don't think he was going to play as much as people thought he yeah. was going to play. And, and, and he uh -huh. didn't at the beginning of the year. And, and, you know, there would be two, three games he'd play. And then all of a sudden he wouldn't be playing and everybody would wonder why. And, and the reality is, not necessarily fit, but he wasn't doing the things, Austin, that the coaching staff wanted him to do. They, they wanted him to do the little things, not the flashy things. He's done that more in the lead-up before he got hurt, and that's why I think he's now more entrenched as that eighth man than, than he was before. But, uh, so that, that's kind of where right. I'm at on Kaminga. But, but go, go ahead. Right, we, can, we, can, we can agree on that. I'm not going to challenge you anymore. I, I think that you've 
explain it. I, I just thought that Kaminga from the beginning was the guy. But listen, on this load management thing, guys, I just think it's we're caught between the the fact that it's a star-driven big. I mean, I read the Post, Washington Post report from Steph being back there. I mean, it was an absolute spectacle. Steph was the place went crazy. They sold out the arena, and it had to all had to do with Steph Curry. Let's be honest. Uh, so I think that's the dilemma with the NBA is it's a star-driven league. If you take one of those guys out, then it changes the whole concept of what you're watching, right? You're not watching the Warriors if Steph Curry's not there. Right. I think that's the issue. Um, the other thing is I don't agree. I agree with Whitey. You shouldn't be resting four guys in the starting lineup. I, I don't think that's appropriate. I don't care whether it's the Warriors or anybody else. I think I think the Warriors need to look at that. They should have rested two of those guys maybe, but all four. And then the final thing, guys, I hope you're going to get to the real topic today is what are we going to do with trade deadline, guys? I mean, I'll tell you my real take. We should go get a, a post player. It doesn't have to be a star. Go get somebody that can defend, rebound, and that's all the Warriors need, man, and, and put Weissman in the 12th position on the bench don't play him and then let's go man that's my that's my take all right austin appreciate it yeah we are going to get into good phone call Mm -hmm. uh and yeah appreciate the the back and forth and opportunity to to explain uh so things don't get misconstrued there but uh yeah as far as the superstar thing goes i mean yeah steph is the the show you do find yourself though in a problem of well then you're picking and choosing and which games do you want to not have this player versus that player and I, i that's where all right, you take the hit, it's all four at once, it's one game, and then that way you're not impacting multiple games by trying to spread it out. But I, I know there are a lot of fans that would say, well, wait a minute, pick the worst teams that you play in the league, and that's when you should do it. And and only maybe do two guys in those games, and that's how you should figure it out. The Warriors are never going to do that. It's going to be about the calendar and about the, about the science. I wonder if it would... Other teams do that though. Benef- Other teams yeah. do look at the oh, we're playing them tonight. We don't these guys don't need to play. I think Cleveland I, I wonder if it would be beneficial to the league to shed some light on that whole process of how they make those determinations. I think we've learned a little about it here or there. It's possible that it would be so confusing that people would just get more frustrated with it. Maybe that's not why, but I'm wondering if they if they shared with us more about this is what goes into the decision and this is why we're making these decisions and this is what happens if we do it wrong. Maybe that's something they need to look at to try to get people to understand, all right, we know this this is unfortunate, but there are good reasons why we do this and you as a fan also, you benefit from it as well. I think maybe the league needs to look into that because right now it's just it's amazing to me that even here where the Warriors won, right? The Warriors won last night, but even here people Whoa, load management. I don't like that. And it becomes something that everybody has an opinion on. A couple of text messages here. 510, how about back-to-back games only apply to the home team? So the only time you would play a back-to-back would be if if you're at home. You you would be the second of a back, you know. You're, oh, I see. Yeah, you go home. Uh, yeah, second second of a back-to-back. Probably scheduling-wise, you couldn't do that, but it makes sense. And then the team yeah, coming in I would have that. at least a night off. Yeah, so against you, less stressful that second night if you're already home. Well, and also again, putting the pressure on if you're going to rest your guys, you're going to have to do it yeah, at home, yeah. which teams just don't want to do because then you're affecting your own bottom line, your own relationship with your your fans that are there. In a and Mister Schedule, basis. they they already have cut way back on back to back. Yeah, it used right? to be the league has already done. Yeah, that. and I think they the used to have, have like four and five nights. Yeah, they've they've completely cut out four and five nights. Um, I, the Warriors had was it fifteen this year? Was 14, or 14 or 15 yeah, this I year. I want to say at times there used to be 20. Mm-hmm, like teams that so. have 20. And like you said, four and five nights and six and nine nights was a, was a thing. Hell, six, I want six and eight nights might have been a thing. Uh, or six and nine. No, it would have been five and eight, six and nine uh, was a thing at, at different, different points in time. Uh, let's uh, keep it rolling on the phone. By the way, yeah, you talk about Steph Curry being the show. I did want to make this note. The league came out with its most popular jersey list for – the first half of the regular season, Steph Curry number one. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Top, yeah. top five, uh, top selling jerseys. Uh, Curry one, LeBron two, LeBron James, Giannis three, Luca four, Kevin Durant five. That's so sad that Kevin Durant's not going to be here tomorrow, right? Again. Yeah. Again, the only time he's played since moving to Brooklyn was the game with no fans in February yeah. a couple of years ago. I don't think the Nets are as good without him. <laughs> yeah. 
You think? By the way, I think you're right. It was 15 back-to-backs for the Warriors this year. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that, that's a lot. And, again, I did some math on it as far as if you take out the All-Star break, which they take about seven days for, and you take out the fact that it's not quite six full months of the regular season, it's it's closer to, you know, five and a half. There's 163 days that you could play 82. So it is tight. Uh, you, you can't completely go through without having a back-to-back somewhere but if you shorten the all-star break if you tweaked it a little bit I, I do think there's a way if you added maybe a week to the back end of the schedule I think you could do that but now they got the playing tournament mm-hmm. see I don't know if you noticed but the playing tournament they didn't take away from the playoff portion of the schedule they took away from the regular season portion of the schedule to to create the playing tournament like they used to now the season ends on a Sunday it used to end on a Wednesday I know going way back, it ended on a Sunday, but it, in recent times, it ended on a Wednesday, and there would be no playoffs till Saturday. Now they just end the prior Sunday and mm-hmm. do the play-in tournament, That's so they've right. lost five days there that they could add time to making regular season games more meaningful. They don't care about Also, it. one of the selling points of the midseason tournament, and I don't know if that's ever going to fly, but one of the selling points is, oh, you won't have to play more games. We're going to work it out where, in some cases, teams would play fewer so if you're wondering how can you have that if you're concerned about too many games, that's you know this is Commissioner Silver. I think he wants it to be part of his legacy, this midseason tournament. But that's part of the selling point of that is no, you won't have to. We will work it out so you won't have to play more games. We'll fold it into the regular season, and I think a couple teams might end up playing fewer games. I, I blew through the the break that we were supposed to take here, so we're gonna just keep it going. Good, and and we'll we'll just go tell yeah we'll go to yeah exactly Craig. We'll we'll just do that and make it up. Uh, on the back end, we got a lot of people that want to talk. I, I don't want to make the people hold through a break. So we'll just keep it rolling with Roger in San Francisco here on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Roger? Oh, hey, how's it going? Uh, thanks for letting me chime in and give my two cents because uh, this is definitely one I, I've thought about a lot. Um, I just want to say, it's you know, it's, everyone knows it's a superstar league. I mean, these guys are tall. They, you know, shoot like, you know, some of them can shoot like Steph. You know, obviously Steph. Uh, but I loved last night. Like, as a Warriors fan, it was so great to see, you know, that there are, like, fundamental uh, high IQ basketball players out there that can play winning basketball and that they got their, their chance to show it. And I think the league, the kind of silver lining of this load management thing and the 82-game season is that we get to see more of these guys. And, you know, if anything, maybe for – the front offices and for the fans, like maybe a little bit of that power that the players have right now will be lessened because it may be even humbled a little bit, knowing that there's Ty Jerome's in the world, that there's Kyle guys in the world, that there's Justinian Jessup's in the world who aren't getting the opportunity to have the ball in their hand. But if the front offices look hard enough, they're going to find these guys. And I think that's good for basketball. Fair enough. Thanks, Roger. Go ahead, Whitey. Um, yeah, I get the point. I mean, when you compare Kyle Guy to Ty Jerome, I feel like you're kind of giving Ty Jerome short shrift right now. But I understand the point, and it's a good one. How about this, along those lines? J.D., what do the Warriors have in, in Patrick Baldwin Jr.? They may have a player here, Maybe. huh? Yeah, he can shoot yeah. it. Very comfortable yeah. shooting the rock. And he hit a couple of threes last night. Comfortable, smart, understands what you're doing at both ends. No doubt. Yeah. I, he, I, 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 he projects... To be, I think he is. I'm trying to think of the right way to say this because I don't want. I don't want to. I want to make sure I'm clear. I, I think for as early as he is in his career, he looks farther along at this stage of his career than any of the lottery picks that the Warriors have had. Oh, absolutely. Previously look, I, yes. Like, like for somebody, and I know he hasn't played a lot. Yeah, yeah. But for somebody in the first three months of his NBA career, right. he looks a lot farther along than Wiseman or Kaminga or Moody did. Right. You're right. Yeah, you're right on both fronts. It has been, the, the minutes are very limited, but there's no question in his... And when you can shoot... 200 minutes or whatever it's been, he's looked much more advanced than any of those other guys did. When you can worth. shoot, you can get on an NBA floor. Like, that's something that is is absolutely needed for every single team and he's somebody that yeah you got to make sure he's strong enough you got to make sure he's able to defend and understand the system but shooting really in today's nba is it's the great equalizer especially with teams not necessarily caring as much about 
the regular season. I mean, mm-hmm. there are so many games, and you know, I I bring up Sacramento from time to time. I know you watch them a lot. I, I watch they're the a big league. story this the, year. They're they a are. fun team to watch. Yeah, they are among the most fun teams to watch. But every night it's one twenty to one twenty. It with five minutes to go, or one ten to one ten with five minutes to go, and it ends up one twenty to one fifteen, one twenty five, one twenty, one thirty, one twenty seven. Like every night, it ends up that way, and they have a ton of shooting and a great offense, and they're I think probably they're horrible defensively for the most part. They they let every team they play score. Their own coach Mike Brown says we can't play defense, but they are a team that. They have a ton of shooting and offense, and and they do try to win every night. They're they've That's been true too. They've yeah. been relatively healthy. You know they're they're obviously desperate to make the playoffs for the first time in seventeen years, and it looks like they've got a good shot of doing it. And but the point is, when you have that much offense, and you care even a little bit about the night tonight. You can be pretty good, and mm-hmm. that's exactly what they've done. That's how they've threaded the needle level. Why are they third? Well, because they've they've been healthier than you know the Warriors and Suns and Clippers for sure. Otherwise, I think those teams. But they also have given a damn more mm-hmm. than those teams have, which is why they are third right now in in the West. Well, that's one thing about Sabonis, and we knew that I think already about him from Indiana. He plays really hard. He's really kind of. Uh, uh, limited defensively, but he plays really hard, and he's set the tone for them. Speaking of Mike bigs, Brown, has maxed them out. By the way, like he has maxed them out. Like he is, and that that's a credit to like Mike Brown is the. If if we're talking about them winning forty six, forty seven games, I mean hell, even if they win forty five games, Mike Brown's a coach of the year. Yeah, it's interesting to see what he can do because in the past he coached like LeBron and the Cavs and Kobe and the Lakers, so. The expectations were already so high, and here's with a team where the expectations were lower. What can you do? It's like, ooh, okay, and, and yeah, and his personality is perfect for that market because he's a little hokey. He he buys into the you know he buys into the light the beam stuff. He buys into the, some of the stuff that kind of gets the fans going a little bit. Like he's you know just, what I'd heard about him before he got that job before he took over was um, some people in the NBA wondering if uh, he was maybe too much of a, a players coach, like too friendly with the players. Sure. There was some question, can he get out? You know, sometimes you got to get after players. And he has done that this year. He has. When it's been necessary. No, yeah. no, no doubt. He's done a terrific job. Yeah, and yeah. again, I think you're right. I mean, they are, you know, they're taking advantage of the mediocrity, but hat tip to them. I mean, they're they're one of the few teams that, plays hard on a night-in, night-out basis in the regular yeah. season. Yeah, people wonder you know, how much do the Warriors miss him, uh, and that's where it gets kind of difficult because he was he, he led their defense last year, and the Kings' defense is terrible. No, but their so. offense <laughs> is the best in the league. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it is. And I know Boston, I think, had the number one offensive rating. It, like, the Kings' offense is better. They the scored 100. The Kings' offense is the best in the league. Five games in a row. It's the best offense in the league. Like, there's no doubt about it. You just watch them. They score effortlessly well, they, effortlessly it's like warrior basketball it and is. It, it really is and they don't they end up on a lot of i mean there's nights where oh they uh, like they are a 40 point quarter in any moment like yeah. and sometimes multiple they gave up 115 to houston and beat them by 20 exactly and so that's that, that that's kind of where they're at you know is it sustainable as far as it doesn't even matter like if, if they get into the playoffs they've had an incredible year anything beyond that it starts to get a little bit skewed like i don't really think they're the third best team in the west but are they the seventh or the eighth best team in the West? Yeah, I think they probably are. What are the Warriors? What's your best guess? Where do they end up? How good can I they mean, be? I look, mean, looking at the – looking at – and I don't mean in terms of record, but just looking around at, at different teams, I think they could be the third best team going into the playoffs. I do, if they're healthy. I mean, I think going into the playoffs, I don't think they're as good as Denver or Memphis, but could they beat Denver or Memphis? Of course. I still think there's some value in having home court in the first round if you can get to fourth, as they did last year. No question. I think that's really important. No doubt, and and maybe they feel like you know what, yeah, we'd like to, but we don't need it. But do they we need it? Win on but the here's road. the thing: do they need it? And again, I'm not. This is no disrespect to Sacramento, but like, would they need it if they were playing Sacramento as the six three? Probably not. You wouldn't think so. And so that's where that's where. And I was talking to Steiny about this in the podcast. That's where I've started to come around a little bit on the just get in component. And 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 again, I don't mean play in tournament. I've said four seed. You know, that would be the goal: get home court for. But if it if it's if you're playing, you know, it just kind of depends on who you're playing. If you're playing a team that really shouldn't be where they're at, or the seating should maybe be flipped, like could you know, are, do you? And then at that point, if you don't need it for the first round, you wouldn't have had it in any other round, maybe anyway. I still think it's important, especially for an older team. So yeah, okay. 
That's that. I mean, and then that's fair. But you know you're going to get rest in the playoffs yes, too. I know, especially in the early rounds. Mm-hmm. You know, first round you're probably getting two. I mean, think about it. The Warriors have had in a couple of these, and I guess I shouldn't go back to 2019. But they had the same first round schedule last year that they did in 2019, where they they started on a Saturday. I think it was Saturday. Monday, Thursday, Sunday. No, that's so a good they point. had they've they've actually and some teams get two days in between games. You know, and at the beginning of a series, because of the way they do it, you can get two or even three days at the beginning of a series in between maybe a game two and a game three as as there's travel involved as well. And so that I think that definitely benefits the Warriors. That that gets back to the whole conversation of how much does the regular season matter? You're playing for two things. One, you're playing to get into the postseason, and two, you're playing for home court. And if you're a team that feels like we don't really need home court, then the games are not going to matter to you that much. Uh, let's get a couple more calls in here. Joe in San Francisco next here on Warriors this week. Hey, Joe. What's going on, Joe? Joe. Oh, we got Dory. Hey, Dory. We'll go to Dory first and then Joe. What's up, Dory? Hey, uh, J.D. and Whitey. You know, I turned you on and you were talking about how, you know, there were fewer back-to-backs and and, and maybe fewer now going forward, uh, you know, four games and five nights. And it made me go back to my days when I was uh, wagering quite actively. And I'm talking late 70s, 1980-ish, like that. Woo! And I would always seek out the scenario where a team was playing three games in a row. Mm-hmm. And, and it was usually a good bet that they, w- they wouldn't win, they wouldn't cover, or they would lose, you know, because three nights in a row is tough. But that was fairly commonplace back in the, uh, especially in the 70s. Yeah, it was. And th- thanks, Dory. Appreciate the call there. It, it was, and it, it's just a different era. It's just, I mean, it. Well, and part of it, a big part of it, is players weren't making that much money, and they—if you complained or something, or you know, you you—if you, hey, I I pulled a hammy. Let's say you're, you know, a lesser player. I got a sore calf. You don't want anybody to know that back then, because you're all right. We'll get somebody else then. Yeah, that's how it's so different. No, now. Right. Yeah. It was more of the NFL mentality. Yeah, I, I think across the board, and now it's it's not. It's a very different game. Uh, the two four zero, Patrick Baldwin Jr. Perfect fit. The Kerr system has size, IQ, skills. Uh, in my opinion, Bob Myers' best draft pick writes the two four zero. Interesting, interesting stuff. I, I think he's somebody that could. I don't know about making an impact this year because you know, I, I wouldn't rule it out. But it seems like you know they're they're bringing him along slowly. I know he's had some injury issues, but I, he to me could make an impact next year for sure. Yep, I think so. Do you think the Warriors getting back to the deadline? How likely do you think they are to part company with any of their young players at the deadline? Let's get into that coming up. Okay, I, I think All it's right. a, yeah. There's uh, we're starting to shift gears. Let's let's get Joe. Do we can we get Joe Craig? Yeah, let's get Joe here before the break, and then we'll come back. We'll switch gears a little bit. Good conversation though for the last ninety minutes or so on load management. Joe, you're going to get the final word on that this uh, this morning. All right, happy happy Saturday, guys. Yeah, you too. Um, my thing first is. Uh, Wiseman is uh, Purdy. I mean, uh, PBJ is to Wiseman as Purdy is the Lance, and I think that's going to play out over time. Uh, second of all, um, one thing no one's saying about this whole seeding that these guys may clown around and end up in six, seven, eight. But would you rather be playing Denver or uh, Memphis first round when you've? Right when you're kind of fresh, or after two grueling seasons uh, series when you played twelve or thirteen games for these old older legs. I don't know. I don't think there's anyone can say one way is better or another. And I just want to say the final thing is this: last night's game was kind of like what we've all been going through in the past month when we dig out our old raincoat that we haven't seen for a year and a half and we find, find a couple of twenties in the, in the, in the pocket there. <laughs> so yeah. um, it's just like, yeah, you know, but uh, I, I, in final things, like what is going on with Iguodala and not in the condescending, what is going on with the Iguodala, but what is going on with Iguodala? Is he, is anyone have any confidence he can play six games or so in a series? And uh, have a good day, guys. Yeah, I think the answer to Iguodala, short answer, he's he's got a hip issue now. 
hip soreness, which he came back, he played a couple games, and his hip started bothering him. So he's, That's what he had last year, Yeah, right? he's not being load-managed, I think. And, and I do think, and we talked about this a little bit last week, there's something to him coming back at the time when he did a couple of weeks ago. It was two weeks ago today. So they'd have an idea. To have an idea of, how, can, you know, can he, is he going to play two games and need to be shut down for a month to play two games? And if that's the case, maybe his roster spot becomes more valuable being being used elsewhere. Yeah, because you got to make a decision at some point on Jerome and, and Lamb, right? By the way, real quick on yep. four games and five nights. Uh, in 2021, Memphis ended up playing four in five. It was a compressed season. They played four in five nights in 2021. First time that had happened since the 2016-17 season. And during that season, that's not that long ago, right? 2016-17, teams played four games in five nights 20 Three times. Wow. Wow. 2016-17, NBA teams played four and five 23 times. Wow. All right, he's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. We'll pause here. We'll come back. We'll switch gears. We'll get into the trade deadline, just kind of the state of the Warriors overall. Warriors this week. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 957 game. I mean, it's just a night where a bunch of guys came in and played with confidence, played with force. Guys like Ty, Jermichael, Lamb, JP was fantastic. All these guys are, JK welcoming him back, and all these guys are earning roles and, and fighting for roles. And so when you get a win like this and everybody feels good about themselves and their own game, gives you a little boost. And now we, we get to head home after a long trip. So great night. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. All right, John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, 888-957-9570. As we're with you until 1 o'clock, good conversation, Whitey, about load management here uh, in the first uh, hour and a half plus of the program. Really took off. Appreciate everybody calling in, talking about that. Uh, but uh, the Warriors did get a big win last night, 3-2 and two road trip, and now back home for Brooklyn tomorrow and the trade deadline coming up here in a couple of weeks. And I just want to kind of get your thoughts and, and bring into the discussion you know, where the Warriors are at as far as their rotation and what they potentially could do at uh, the, the trade deadline. Um, you probably saw, I know you did, J.D., you probably talked to Anthony Slater, interesting piece he had in The Athletic about what the Warriors are thinking, and he shared what he had been told by someone within the organization about the Warriors' thinking, which seems to be, they're probably not going to do anything major, and they may do something around the edges. I, I think they're still looking at doing something more significant, but I don't know that they'll be able to. I was talking last week about you know maybe uh, Pirtle, bringing in Pirtle, but 
Part of the problem, I think, for any team that wants to do something major, teams are asking so much for players now. I think some of that has to do with um, with how much success Utah had uh, over the summer, getting a lot for Gobert and for Mitchell, and, and the price tags on some of these guys now are so high. I mean, John Collins, how long has Atlanta tried to been, been, been trading? Uh, they've been trying to trade John Collins for a long time. So I, I think there are a lot of teams that, that like a guy like Pirtle. I don't know if the Warriors can do something there. If they did, it would be for a rental. So it seems more likely, J.D., long story short, that if they do something, it's going to be something around the edges. Maybe something like someone on the text line says, how about uh, Matisse Tybel? I could see someone like that coming in if it didn't cost a lot, someone who could upgrade your defense. I don't know that we're going to see anything really significant, though, at the deadline from the Warriors. No, and and I think, you know, could they use a, a big man? I, I think they could, but it's not the traditional big man. Like, I, I know you mentioned during a break Kelly Olynyk, and I, I think Kelly Olynyk is the type of player that, that could help the Warriors in the regular season, kind of a pick-and-pop big man, somebody that could, you know, run the offense out of the high post a little bit. And, and help, you know, stretch the floor, you know, that kind of thing. But he hadn't guarded anybody, and he hadn't guarded anybody in a, in a playoff series and probably wouldn't be on the floor very much, if at all, in a playoff series. And so when you start to look at, well, how would you acquire somebody like Olenek? And while Pirtle's a different player, uh, somebody that could help on the offensive boards and, and, and on the interior a little bit more, he's not a, a perimeter defender either. And so... I think both in their own way could be regular season helps, but do you want rentals? And I know Olenek has a, a I think a, a buyout next year where if you you know get out of his contract, you still have to pay him three million. Uh, otherwise, he's under contract for for next year. But I, I think I look at those two as regular season fixes, and for essentially rentals, would you want to give up a you know lottery pick? <laughs> or or in some cases more than a lottery pick might be the offer to try and acquire either. It just doesn't seem like the most efficient move for players that wouldn't be 16-game players in, in a postseason run for the Dubs. The reason I mentioned um, Linux is because I know you have been saying for a while that you think the Warriors could use a big who can shoot. And, I, yeah, that's two things they could use, size and shooting. And I was just trying to think who fit that bill. Olenek was the guy I came up with. So I understand your your reasons why you wouldn't want him. I just mentioned him because I thought, well, is that the type of guy that you're talking about? You're right. Pirtle and Olenek, it appears, would both be rentals. I think you could make the case that uh, it might be something the Warriors should look into if they really feel like they're close and that that is something that could help them win another championship this year because if you get rid of salary and you get a rental, one of those two guys, and then they're gone, that does – you kill two birds, you're better short-term, and then long-term, you get out from under that salary crunch uh, a little bit. I still think Pirtle would make a lot of sense for them, but again, it depends on what you have to give up. And as I mentioned last week, there are some reports out of San Antonio that the Spurs aren't that crazy about uh, Wiseman, so then then how how do you come up with something that makes it worth their while to make that deal? So I, it still seems unlikely to me, although, again, I think I'm in the minority. Uh, doing something for Pirtle, to me, that does make sense for the Warriors. Yeah, and and I I just wonder if the the price would be you know I, I think it'd be difficult to pallet if you're the Warriors trading you know a guy that you spent the number two pick in the draft on for somebody that's a, effectively a role player that will go away like basically James Wiseman's roster spot will be gone uh, this this summer uh, and and Pirtle would would help you mainly for a run in the 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 to get to the playoffs more than he'd help you in the playoffs. Because I don't see either one of those players, Pirtle or, or Olenek, who, again, I think are different versions of, of the same player. Uh, I, I think it, it's interesting because, you know, they, they both can help, but at the same time they're not going to be finishing lineup players. I tend to still view this thing as I look at it, Whitey. Uh, I, I look at it as – you you have and and want to have uh, uh who are your your finishing players mm-hmm. and and you know it's going to be Steph and Clay you know Draymond you know it's going to be Wiggins and then is it Looney is it Poole is it Kaminga potentially could there be a player you acquire from the outside that could become a finishing fifth player in some lineups I think the position of need to do that is more the four and I think it's more of a stretch for type 
that has a little bit of athleticism and an ability to defend than than a true five. It's in a way, it's it's kind of think Otto Porter, or kind of think and and don't laugh when I say this, uh, kind of think. Uh, that it would be uh, you know, the combination of Anthony Lamb and Jonathan Kaminga, a player that does a little bit of what both players do, can shoot it but also can be athletic and defend a little bit. Anthony Kuminga. Yes, it's a great, uh, great thought. I still think one of their biggest issues going forward is defense, and I think everyone knows that. So there's a number of ways you can address that, but that's one of the things I like about Pirtle. And this year is not – he hasn't had a great – year defensively this year, but he has been in the past uh, a decent to good rim protector. I like uh, bringing in that dimension, but I agree with you. Overall, when you look at what it would cost, uh, I don't know if that's going to make sense. And then, as as you've pointed out, as people point out, the Warriors are so good without a traditional big at forcing your bigs off the floor. And then you got, you know, Kavon Looney has just played so well. And as you pointed out earlier, you know, they sent him to the bench. And then last night he comes up with, uh, what do you have, 17, (laughs) a ridiculous 17 rebounds. So I don't know that the need for that traditional big is there. I do think the Warriors are still looking at it, though. And I wonder... J.D., this is just me talking, but I wonder if one of the reasons Wiseman is taking so long to recover from his ankle sprain isn't that the Warriors feel like they may have the framework of some kind of deal for him and they don't want him to go back out there and tweak it again or get hurt and then jeopardize a potential deal. So that's something I'm wondering about keeping an eye on. Yeah, we'll we'll see. And I think that's something to get into in the in the final hour uh, as well, because I, I kind of wonder about that, Whitey, although I'll admit I hadn't thought about that specifically, that component, but but I said something last night that really got people riled up on the on the postgame show uh, that, that I just don't see Wiseman able to come back and be a factor for this team this season. And, and I think if that's the case and you think that this team is capable of still contending and winning a championship and they're one smaller piece away – then I think he becomes you know, right at the top of the board among players that you'd, you'd look to move. So I, I think and I know Tim Kawakami, the athletic, wrote about that a, a little bit within the last couple of days. Uh, you mentioned Slater's article about what would the Warriors potentially be looking for. Uh, we'll get into all of that coming up. Final hour straight ahead. Uh, it's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, 888-957-9570. Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 